You are listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. This is episode 46. My name is Russ Shaw. Today's topic, how do we trigger each other? We're going to get into it. Yes. This audio recording may include inappropriate references, excessive profanities, and potentially unsuitable material for younger children. There, you've been officially warned. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. No, this is not our thrilling final episode. And why does there have to be drama? That's the question, right? Why is it that we get into some stuff that we disagree on and then words start coming out like hater. Like, why you gotta be a hater? Like, what if I just disagree with you? That's not hate. Uh, but that's how it feels sometimes, right? Is that a is that a cultural thing? Is that just a sign of the times? Is it a product of social isolation? Staring at all our screens? Uh, that's the question. Chuck, we all, we get into this stuff, all right? We get into today, we ask ourselves, uh, we ask each other, uh, how do we trigger each other? Actually, Steve wasn't uh, present for this one, but in a later episode, he chimes in as well. Hey, by the way, the Punk Theology Podcast has a Spotify playlist. If you Spotify, search for our playlist on Spotify, just type in Punk Theology in the search area, you should have it pop up in playlists. Uh, and follow the bands. If you like the music, uh, that's what we do. You know, these are promo bumpers, as they're referred to in talk radio, free speech media, right? Um, yeah, Spotify tells you notifications when they come to your town. So that's what we're putting it out there, all right? So this is a, that's an old 80s tune, actually. Ugly Kid Joe. So yeah, in this episode, why do we ask the daring question of each other, how do you trigger me? How do I trigger you, right? This podcast is a kind of a social experiment, uh, myself and some friends. As my friend uh, Jim Henderson so properly coined it, staying in the room with difference, 
right? We're, we're practicing that. Because, and I think when it comes to deeper topics, like when you stop talking about your work life, the weather, uh, whatever sports team is in your city, um, what what you had for lunch, right? When, when your conversations get down into more depth and you you sustain some of those relationships, you know, even in lunch situations, right? Like you're, no one's going to agree on everything. And especially as men, you know, we get around other people, other guys especially, irritate and annoy us. It's just humanity, right? If you hang around with someone long enough, they're going to piss you off, all right? They're going to get under your skin. How are we doing at being in the room with our friends, especially, you know, when there's conflict in those areas? That's kind of what we're teasing out today. So there's that, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Punktheology.com, Punk Theology Pub on Facebook, if you want to check us out on Facebook. Dudes, at Punk Theology Pod on Twitter. Ladies, too. I know. We tweet. Maybe that's why we humans like social media so much, because when you're face-to-face with other humans, sometimes something must break. You're listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. Hey, Ross, what are we talking about tonight? Triggers. Not just triggers, but how maybe we trigger each other. Well, yeah, we've done a trigger show. We did a trigger show. show, But this this was more like a... This is a social experiment. This this podcast... I got it a lot. But that's part of this. It's like... Do we, we're so different. This reminds me of Festivus. You, you, you guys know the whole thing of Festivus where you get to the, the airing of grievances. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I want to tell you all Confess how you disappoint sins. me. Yeah. <laughs> there might be a chance this is our last episode. <laughs> yeah, after this one. <laughs> we have, this is the end of season one. Hey, the funny thing is, this this show is actually growing. It's growing in, in, in listens. It's got 153 subscribers right now. It's the most subscribers. All right, let's, let's let's handle this with. So care. it's it's yeah. Well, no, I don't know. Do people listen because it's we handle it with care? Oh, no, uh, we're very punk over here. I I was thinking about this a little after <laughs> after we had an exchange and and after like like Chuck and I had a sidebar conversation last week a, a little bit, kind of talking about this very thing. Triggers. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, well, no, but more specifically, like. And I asked him, like, how, you know, how, how do I trigger you? And, and then he said Arthur triggers him the least, which I thought was funny. But, <laughs> but, but what seems to be, though, like, without delving into specifics, the observation I've noted is what seems to trigger people, I know what seems to trigger me, is when one of us opines with a certain level of conviction where it sounds like you're speaking ex cathedra or something or yeah. like from authority where if I ever say something it you know it's I, I just take it like it's it should be understood that this is my opinion you know like like when you take an essay writing class 
you're taught to just write the fucking essay. It's not like you, you write, you begin a sentence with, I believe this, or I think this. That's not the way you begin a sentence. It's implied that what you're writing is what you think or what you believe. So there's no need to have that sort of uh, preface to it. Or disclaimer. So, so, where, so why does that trigger you? No, it doesn't. I, it was just an observation I, I made that, that I think that if there's... It's, it's a common theme I've noticed throughout our, our history that... It be it with us or other people, where there seems to be like a mild, like, eh, I don't know, that annoys me. It, it's when the opining is is done without the disclaimer. So it's not the opinion itself that bothers you. It's the way it's presented, as in, like, this is true. A little bit. Yeah. Would so you say that's true? Really, really, really postmodern. Well, maybe, maybe I, I don't know. Or maybe you think uh, you more. You don't know. Linear. I'm more of an emotional. I mean, I, I, I haven't thought I don't of have it. I a strong opinion on that, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> so I get, I guess I get emotional if I feel like, and, and sometimes I know I, I'm not always communicating properly, and if someone doesn't get me, and then I want to, and then I want to exert what I really mean so that you understand what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Why do you feel the need to be gotten? Because that's. That's part of communication, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, sure. Like if I'm saying, if I'm saying, <coughs> if I'm saying, this Elysian Dragon Stout is is a very dark beer, and you say, no, Russ, it's like Miller Light. That would be that would, you're not you don't get it. Like it's just fucking. That's a bad analogy. It's probably bad. <laughs> it's just delusion. <laughs> <laughs> it's delusional, but I guess. I, in, but I guess when you get to down to emotional stuff or the deeper things, then I really want you to understand where I'm coming from. Does that make sense? Yeah, you want to be understood, and you don't. Yeah, want to be. You, you don't want to be misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and they're they're arguably two different things. To say I want to be understood, well, that's one thing. But but okay, don't don't understand me, but but definitely don't misunderstand. Me. Yeah, I think, I think that's a big directions in a response, though. One, a person is going to argue with you as if you are, as if they fully understand and simply strongly disagree. Yeah. Or there's the person who realizes the communication is so faulty, and so they're going to dig in with questions about that so that they can really make sure they understand where you're coming from. And if they, at one if time, they care, but some people will just roll over you. And try and, and they don't care. Like right. they just want to. Well, and that, that's my point. Is the yeah. difference between the two is that one cares about the person yeah. and the process, <clears throat> and the other is the one caught right. up in being right. Yeah. And like I spent most of my early life thinking I knew what was right and speaking that way, and that was shitty. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're speaking I to think, the general. But I think that punk is. Get into the meat of it. I think part of the Chuck, meat. Who, who the fuck out? <laughs> but wait, I got something to say real quick. I think that it triggers me. It triggers me. It triggers me. It triggers me when you interrupt. It does. It, it does? fucking drives me nuts when you interrupt. <laughs> yes. But this is yes. But this is something important. I think this is important. Wait, if it's important, so, it'll still be important later. <clears throat> but then I'll forget. <laughs> but it wasn't important. <laughs> you need your notebook. <laughs> I know exactly. I need my notebook. You define it as being important. Or yes, nobody else does. Not saying. I mean, I'm being. I'm being general, but it's and there's a fine line between that because I I interrupt as well uh-huh. um, because I feel that it's more important than anything anybody else has to say. Right. But it's not important to the majority. So now you're just an asshole, right? Right. So how do you personally figure out how to control that? 
Mm. Yeah, exactly. So by doing this, that's what how you do it. Because then I know that you guys get <clears throat> get triggered by that, and I can I can try and adjust my. So here's the here's yeah, the question: How do you decide in, injecting when what you have to say deserves injecting over the top of somebody else? See to your pants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, but, but there's got to be some it's form emotional. of emotional. It's emotional. I, in work, I adopt the if the conversation is going to change. And I still need to either have clarification on the topic, then I will interject and note we're staying here to continue to talk about this point. If it's staying on topic, I'll wait. I think it also has a lot to do with where the other person's at at yeah. the moment. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're kind of feeling something from them. But like. Or you get asked a point blank question and you don't have time to answer it. Right. Yeah, something like that in theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think of that exchange. I, I think of that exchange in Fight Club with the uh, the Marla character and the Tyler Durden character, Byad Norton, and they're going to support groups and they have this exchange when they're getting to know each other. When it's like when when you're when people think you're dying, they really listen to you, mm-hmm. as opposed to just waiting for their turn to talk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think it's something like that. Like, really listen to people instead of yeah, waiting for yeah. your turn to talk. That that's a difference, right? Sometimes I have trouble with that, and sometimes I don't. Yeah, like, ditto. Like, ditto. But yeah. I think it, I think it really ultimately comes down to impulse control. Am I in the yeah. mood? Or am I interested in what you're saying? Right. Yeah. That, yeah. A lot of that stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Am I bored out of my mind? Uh, or alternatively, did I come up with something like so damn good? I don't feel like I can wait. <laughs> I gotta right. get this out. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which is what Russ does. That's 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 waiting to open my mouth. I have poor impulse control. I'll admit it. I do. But that's what that's what you were saying, and then Arthur brought it up, and, and you, it reminded me, pointing. John. John yes. said about being misunderstood. Yeah. There's something about that in punk rock. Like I think that punks, young kids who started this this movement in music. They really didn't know how to communicate, but they had something to say and scream about. A lot of it was offensive. And they knew three chords but of it's the just, guitar. Yeah, yeah, three chords of the truth, <laughs> as Rowan said. I think a lot of punk was, I'm going to define how you're going to misunderstand me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, like there's all, you know... And you're not going to fucking diminish me. Right. Yeah. Right, like, like you're going to hate me, but I'm, I get to control the reason that you hate me. So, which is way better than... Than the where you have no control, like yeah. it's a control. Just letting you roll over, man. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and that's the beauty of punk, though, is being okay with being misunderstood. Right. Right. Yeah. Not needing to correct it. So what do you say, Chuck? What do I say? <laughs> Who triggers me the most? You said Arthur triggers you the least. <laughs> Arthur's still the least. Yeah. Why? Why does Arthur trigger the least? Well, because it's. Because he's trying to trigger you. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, I don't there are, well, there are times I think that we all try to trigger each other on purpose because it's funnier than shit. Um, I just don't think. Yeah, I just after post the White Raven stuff, mm. I just think Arthur has more to say than anybody else. <laughs> In all honesty, that's a really interesting point. I though. mean, it's like yeah. so. Is it because he's talking from a place of pain, or is it because it's? Portions, um, I think Arthur gets a lot of things too that maybe you don't understand, John, or you know somebody else that I run into doesn't understand. Um, he's tried it. He thinks he's failed, 
and I don't think he has either. And I just, like I said, I don't, I don't I like you. You're interesting. Dang you it. just don't trust some of the bullshit. Is it a personality Some thing? of the bullshit. <laughs> that too, yeah. Because it's interesting to hear you say that because, like, of anyone here, I feel like I probably track with Arthur probably the most. Mm-hmm. And there's a, I mean, I'm, you know, there's a lot. I'm, I mean, depending on the the hour you ask me, I mean, I'm I'm fairly agnostic in a lot of ways. I just really get where he's coming from. Uh, Holy shit! I barely get this much love for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do any uh, wifey stuff there, but you know, <laughs> I'm glad you feel loved. <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. Yeah. So in at number five is Arthur. Number four on Chuck's triggers me the most list. Steve, but that's because he doesn't ever fucking say anything. <laughs> Sounds like a trigger. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wish he was here because when we started this project about a year ago, Steve was a challenge for me because he seemed to be coming from a place that was much more evangelical. Yeah. Maybe even more than he realized. I, I don't know. And that was really hard for me in a, a lot of weeks because um, I just had a disdain for evangelicalism. I shouldn't maybe even use past tense. Sometimes I still do. Uh, and I think he's grown a lot. He's come a long way. And, and I've changed and grown over the, the year, I hope. And it's part of that singing in the room with difference. But there were times where it's like, wow, man. Like, it was... Yeah, just exuding that kind of evangelical energy that I have a haven't I have and have had a difficult time with uh, historically um, being out of it for a few years now. So that yeah, that's a challenge. I'm also coming to understand that the person that has triggered me isn't really an issue, too. You know, it's I have some weird core belief. That that doesn't rub with, yeah, <clears throat> and so it's okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Why, why does this rub me the way it does? And then now I get to look at this core belief. Can I take this out of my house of cards? And does my house fall down? Mm-hmm. So I like it sometimes. Yeah. Well, ultimately, you know, we're responsible for our own reactions, right? Yeah. So that's what I brought up at at, <clears throat> at group uh, Monday, <clears throat> the Monday group that Chuck and I go to. And so I have this book project that's been on the shelf for a while, and it, it's a, an audio book I'd like to put together called The Sin of Purity. And really, the more I think about it, the more I'm I'm motivated to do it is when I'm triggered. Like I should listen to more <coughs> Matt Chandler sermons, or <laughs> right, you know, or, or old Driscoll sermons. There's something, there's something to that because I want I want to communicate something that's different and not as. Because I, I was damaged. There's a lot of damage that was done through thoughts on purity, the purity word. Yeah. And just how, how some people understand it and, and how shallow it is. And how that shallowness can really fuck with people and hurt people and even cause people to, you know, really damage themselves. Who triggers you the most, Russ? In this group? In the beginning, it was Arthur triggered me the most. And when we when we talked about doing this and having Arthur in the room, part of me part of me was kind of rubbed up against it, but then part of me was like, "Oh fuck no!" Like Arthur's the person I need in this room, probably because a, a big part is what I just mentioned, you know. And you you're going through some of the shit that I already been through. Like a lot of the stuff you say is really familiar to me, 
because I just like I I remember the triggers that some of the triggers that you talk about just like this is bullshit like fuck God kind of attitude like I was there dude I so get that and sometimes it even brings me to tears because I remember that I remember that you know I've been there but I really enjoy you in the group and and uh, thank you I'm super glad you're here it wouldn't be the the, the same without you. It wouldn't be the same without any of us. Like, there's a weird kind of cool chemistry that we all six of us have. Trigger's also a strong word. Yeah. You know, it's like there's one thing to like it's sort say of I'm triggered, word. yeah, or yeah. whatever. But it's overused. It is. Yeah. It's one of those woke words. <laughs> like I, you know, maybe mild annoyance or observation or or you know, that might be better. But my mother triggers me the most. Uh, what about me? What? What about you? What? what? He's in <laughs> Least and most. They're, least and most. I think Steve triggered me the least. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. There's a because he doesn't talk. There's like a softness to it. There's a sweetness. Yeah. Even though, yeah. Even though it is, as you mentioned, there's a lot of roots in evangelicalism that still tie stronger than most of the rest of us. There, there is a. There's a sweetness. There's a sweetness to it. I think his, his, his he has a humility. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not he's not unwilling to mention that either. You know, no. it's like, hey, listen, yeah, sure, I come from this background and that's it's his story. I'm okay with yeah. It. Yeah. Steve's essence is excited curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hard to dislike. Not dislike, yeah, right? Yeah. Like yeah, like there's nothing about that that isn't He's the oldest one here and he's like Really childlike in it. Curious, right, right. this like, beauty to it. Yeah, but not just curious, but like, like excited about it. Right. Yeah. Like interested and a cool childlike wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who me the most? It's probably a tie between Russ and Arthur, but for <laughs> different reasons. <laughs> uh, like he said, this is probably the last show right now. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like opposite reasons. Like, I think Arthur triggers me because him and I are so similar. So, like, so, so then it feels like the differences are that much bigger, bigger, right? Like, like it feels like we track really, really strong on something and then something little. So why don't you see it this way? Like, what the fuck? Like, that's <laughs> a small deviation. Right. Why is that there? Um, and then Russ is just the opposite of that. I think Russ and I are probably the most different of, of anybody in the group. Um, yeah, probably personality-wise, like you're more the and engineer background. type, and I'm like an ink blot fucking right. Like. You got kind of, kind of artistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you're a smudge I can't get rid of on those other plants. <laughs> I'm a Rorschach type. Cigarette burn. It looks like a man. But that's also the thing that I always liked most about you. Is yeah. You know, I loved having you in my community group, and I liked it for that reason. I'm like. Russ is going to say something <clears throat> fucking crazy. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's going to agitate these straight-laced people. Right. <laughs> yeah. People are going to start blowing gaskets. I love it when people blow gaskets. My favorite thing. <laughs> At least I hope they would. At least, I, you know, I mean, that was always my thing. I didn't really want to offend people for the sake of offending them. But I wanted to kind of shake things up. And I hate just talking about Bible study shit when it's not connected to your life. Like, why is opening this book have anything to do with anything tangible? 
That was kind of my... Because God wrote it, Russ. God wrote a book. It's You're just supposed to listen. Like the turn the other cheek rant. <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, was, fuck. Like, how the fuck does a pastor talk for 45 minutes on five verses out of Matthew? The season oh, didn't feel they need to talk longer than the, that. The same pastor that can have ten sermons on the book of Jonah. Yeah. Extrapolation. Ten fucking sermons. I, that's what I lo- really it's love about Rollins, too. Jonah's actually a pretty cool book. Not it ten, is really good. Not great. ten sermons. Yeah, it's a lot. Work. Ten, ten, ten yeah. weeks, almost three months. Is a good so book. my view on triggering is this. I think there's two main sources. Uh, one is that, like Chuck said, there's something within you that that's, that an assertion butts up against and, and rubs the wrong way. And then there's relationship. Yeah. And so I think that the reason why I can say shit that I do with people that know me still put up with it and aren't even triggered by it is because they know me and they know my heart. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I say challenging shit. And I cut through, I try to cut through bullshit. It's one of the things I like to do. There's a challenging aspect to that. And, and if you don't know me, then that's like double triggering because then you're getting the topic and there's no relationship. And it's just like, that guy's an asshole. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I totally see why you say that. And then it's even worse when I don't respond to that, which I often don't in terms of like engaging in, in ampu- amping up the kind of the, the disrespect. Like, I'll, I'll, push your, I'll push the buttons, but... I won't necessarily get super engaged with it always. And I think that that's, that's my explanation of why like I can say stuff. Because Chuck and I have had some pretty good offline conversations about stuff. And so he, he understands and knows me. And so while I can say some things that might be topically offensive, they transcend that level of triggering because there's relationship there that bridges that gap. Yeah. And so that's where when you have good relationship with someone, you can get past the bullshit because you don't have to worry about triggering someone. You can you can walk on hallowed ground of, of topics that are that are really close and tender to your own experience and get through that because of existing relationship. Absolutely. And when you are triggered by someone, you know, the two things to look at are <clears throat> Why is this topic so upsetting to me? Mm-hmm. And why is this person, why is my relationship with this person making it this way? Is it a deficiency in the relationship? Is it a deficiency in my ability to, to address a given topic without it being so emotionally charged? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think curiosity is a big one too. When we can put down our ego and be curious. Because and I think the relation, I think it takes relationship too. Like it's really hard to do some, with someone you don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. Because there's not the relational aspect there. There's just there's just you just met this person. That's the funny thing about when I was in sales. The thing about uh, first impressions are so incredibly important, you know. And it's and it's weird, but it's true because that's just the entering in of the relationship, right? Like you have to look professional or whatever. One of the things about life I hate the most. I hate introductions and first impressions. <laughs> yeah. Not, like, yeah, not good at them. Never enjoyed them. Yeah. I'm fairly comfortable with it now, and I, 
I do a job where I'm rated by every single passenger who gets in my vehicle. So doing Uber and Lyft, we're, we're rated by everyone as soon as they leave the, the car. And if we, if we fall below a 4.5, we get a class. So out of five stars, we're rated between one and five. And if we fall to 4.5, they give us like a class. If we don't raise the score, they deactivate us. So we have to keep a pretty stellar record. And I and I and I don't I don't dress. I guess I I wear slacks and a and a sport coat and usually a rock shirt. Right now I'm wearing my MTV's Headbangers Ball shirt. And unless you're 40, you probably don't know what that is. <laughs> but I, I I I'm pretty good with people. I don't know uh, giving the first impressions because I because I don't give a fuck. Well, you're also an extrovert, and it's a personality thing. Yeah, yeah, it is a personality thing. You're a pretty entertaining person. You're affable. Yeah. I, you're a I, I, I got... Yeah, thanks. Affable dickhead. <laughs> so who am I triggered by the least, I guess, would I say in the group? I don't know. I don't know if I have a least that I'm triggered by. Because I think that the least person I'd be triggered by, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want here. <laughs> Can you go back and find out who he interrupts the least? <laughs> Steve. Steve. Yeah, Steve. It's like Steve is talking. by the number of times they talk. Yeah. So what about the it most? It would probably be Steve. Yeah, what about the most? the most? I said Arthur. Already. Oh, Arthur, that's right. That's right, you did. See that? Sorry, I wasn't listening. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was. I was. I was. I, was. I, was. I just, yeah. Oh, John was too much out. border. So I, was, I was waiting for my turn to talk. Yes. No, I'm kidding. John and I already tried two dragon stouts. <clears throat> So you sent me that woman's information? Oh yeah, did you call her? And no, I I sent her. I looked her up and then sent her a message. Uh-huh. And it was interesting though because I I started crafting this message. Who is like, this woman, by the way? I don't understand. My therapist. Again, John's my therapist. Oh, okay. John's therapist. therapist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I started crafting this message, and I found myself like rewriting and rewriting and rewriting it. And I'm like, why am I trying to impress this woman? <laughs> so finally, I just deleted everything and I was like, hey, uh, you know John Gayton. Um, I'm fucked up. <laughs> like, go ahead, and give, go, ahead and give me a call. Like, go ahead and give me a call. I want to do EMDR. I know, like, very superficial information about it. Did you literally say that? Dude, that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm friends with John Gayton. I'm fucked up. Please help me. <laughs> uh, has she called you back? No, yeah, no. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> no, she, no, she's rad. She'll totally. She might. It might actually take her a while. To, to well, yeah, it's not like she has anything to do, right? Well, I think she might be semi-retired. Like she kind of keeps all the hours, but but yeah, she'll get back to you. She, she's. I thought about going through like Susan with the Dawson Center. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, no, I want that. I don't know. I think I want it to be separate. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Be interesting. We'll see. I yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting having because some of the stuff we talk about in group, and then and then we address sometimes in in therapy. But she. she She's very, like, we have time. Like, she keeps telling me that. We have time, which is good. Because some of the shit that's happened to me is pretty fucking dark. And I don't remember all of it. Yeah. And so that's... I don't think it's intimidating to her. Like, she's ready to do it, but she wants to make sure that I'm ready to walk into that situation. Yeah. Because it's pretty pretty fucked up. Just means she's a good therapist. Yeah, it does. Which is good. I'm trying to get to that place where... I can rest in that idea of there's time, there's time, because my attitude is this is, this is costing now. me money. Yeah. It's costing me yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. So it's like, what else is your money for? 
I don't know. Pleasures, not. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a great question. He's got to get a guy to no, bring out and come out and fix his well, hot so that's, that's what's funny too. Is it's, <laughs> that's actually how this kid's got to go to college. Everything else. I, mean, I have four fucking kids. For... I got to go to school. Oh, they're not going to be able to pay for all of it anyway. I know. That's a fair question. That's a very good question. Why do they have to go to school? They don't. Well, wait a minute. Let me think about that. Mina's got to go to school. Mina, so again, Mina, go to school, get a good job, and then she'll have to pay for the other kids. My daughter got straight A's and honor roll and all that stuff, and she works at Funko, so and she's perfectly she likes it. Yeah, you never know. You never know, man. But that, that that's a very great question: is what else is, is your money for? If not for your healing or for your mental health? Or, you know, I've been struggling giving to church lately. That, that's something I was talking to Derek about. Like, I've I've kind of been struggling with, like. Maybe it's because my mental health is my main primary focus, and I actually get more out of it than I do church. It's probably, probably, aside from relationships, even what we do here in my family is probably the best thing I've done for myself and for my mental health this past year. And, uh, see, yeah. and that's, I guess where I go with it is why can't that be part of your, quote, tithing? Like, you're making yourself better for later. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I think I feel, and I've been working through this, and I'm just being really honest, and wow, it sounds really kind of, um, so it's kind of sick. Because uh, there's there, there's like kind of what the, the should and what the more like kind of aware part of my brain thinks and knows and agrees with you, but then there's kind of this other part of my brain that there's this sense of obligation of... You know, I if I attend here, if I, if I bring my family here, if I consume the resources here, you know, is it pay to pray? Is that what we're talking about? It, I don't know. I, I'm working through that. Like, there's there's kind of an obligation I feel to to give if, if I'm going to attend somewhere, and I'm working through no, that. I understand. A little, I'm and working through that a little. That bit. is a. I think that's a huge issue with churches, though, too. So, I. Let's see, I took I went to AC three two weekends ago now. And I was dropping the kids off and I was late and it's like, hey, I can't use your automated system because I'm not in it. Yes, I, I guess. <clears throat> and he's like, Oh well that's just for volunteers, so when do you want to volunteer? <laughs> and I looked at her and I'm like, No, no, no I'm good. <laughs> and she was she was very surprised. I'm, I'm here to consume. Yeah, I'm not volunteering. I volunteer at another church a fucking ton of hours. I'm not doing it here. I come here to sit. And this is where I rest. Yeah, right? like, yeah. I'm not here to fucking babysit these kids. You are. <laughs> That's your job. You come to my church. I'll I, take care of your kids. I'll take care of your kids and you rest. I'll fucking ask you to help. Oh, like, mm. oh that's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I've been working through that, though, man, honestly. Like, I mean, my kid, my, the church we attend, there's no children's drop-off. I mean, the kids are there. It's, so it's not like they're super consuming resources or, or whatever. I just, it, it, there is kind of this obligation, I feel, though, and, and I'm working through that. Uh, God loves a cheerful giver. And if, you give me money. I give you money? Yeah. I, I, I could? Yeah, you could. Or are you going to do something, feed the poor? With I'll it do or, something with it, yeah. Pay for my therapy? With it. <laughs> I'll pay your therapist with it. I don't know about your therapy. <laughs> I'll, cut out, the I'll cut out more of the shit of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but but so, there is... We all have to become premium subscribers so Russell will do some decent editing. <laughs> I, well, it's, I look at my giving as... So I paid for 
well, what the hell did I give you money for? Like three months ago, oh, I give you money sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You, you Chuck paid for the hosting oh. for SoundCloud, okay. uh, which is which is the so the I'm set for host. the year then, right? Yeah. Why am I fucking? Oh, yeah, fuck, man. Fuck Come you. on, Chuck. I paid for the website. What is he paid for the website, Derek? You guys, you're just a freeloader then. No, those are people that don't. I paid for the soundproofing. You <laughs> <laughs> paid for the soundproofing. This is your, you're paying taxes on our space. He lets us be in his garage, motherfucker. I, 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 like, I was just thinking, space. he's got an LLC. I, hey, I do. <laughs> I do have an LLC. That's right. Mainly that's so we don't get sued. You can't itemize deductions on the new Trump tax yeah, plan, though. That's, that's why most people do LLC. Dude, that's super punk, man. You got an LLC. No, it's so we can't get sued. It's the changes. You're the fucking man. I itemize deductions. Very legally was punk. I mean, I work from home. I have a home office, and talking to my lawyer was Oh shit, we talked about taxes. Okay, hey Chuck. A Hey Chuck. Yes. Who triggers you number three on your list? Go down the list. Like yeah, let's go down the list. So in the room. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've so already seen Steve. And Arthur's Arthur number five. Oh, between the three of you, it's a. Yeah, you're awesome. Derek. You're gonna have to be number three. Okay. And like mushy middle. Yeah, Fuck. you're like the middle <laughs> sister, right? Like no one likes tying. Like, <laughs> Only like um, three. Yeah, fucking bronze. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh, why? Why? You can't come up with a reason. I'm five. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. That's why. Right there. No, I don't have a. I don't have a reason. Oh, fuck. I'm yeah, you're just. just the... You're like my sister. Awesome. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> what about John? Who triggers John the most? The most? Yeah. Well, he said I. Okay, well, I, I still want to say that trigger is a strong word, and I prefer kind of mild uh, well, annoyance. Well, that's triggering is how just answer the question. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Hedging around. Hey, well, I know, right? Qualifying, qualifying, uh, bullshit. I don't get triggered. I just get annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually want to axe murder anyone. I just... it. So, I, I said... I'm going to interrupt here just to trigger John here. <laughs> that, that would do it. <laughs> uh... I hope we get higher. I said what I said about Steve being a challenge for me early, just because I think we're in two totally different places, just two totally different hemispheres, and uh, and I found that to be challenging at times. Uh, but like like Derek said, I mean, there's a sweetness to his curiosity and wonderment, and and yeah, he's great. Um, but there there have been times though where where I, I have felt it. Like palpably encroaching on on me, just if I've been in kind of spaces of anger or, or just feeling inflamed for whatever reason, as I've worked out my own shit. Mm. And that's the thing is like when you when when you we have a group of friends and you're working through things, sometimes your your shit encroaches on other people's shit, right. and yeah. and that's always a challenge, and and that could definitely happen. Um, but uh, so so there's that. Um, yeah, Russ and I said I don't like being interrupted, <laughs> or I don't like it when you interrupt other people either. So it's just that you know self awareness thing. Um, otherwise, like I think what I said also before about I, I've noticed sort of this theme that when people seem to get annoyed, it's usually because of people opining with authority. And I think I do that and probably annoy some of you. And, um, and for me, it's like conversations. I can't even tell if it's because, you know, we hang out socially sometimes. It's like uh, 
it was that a podcast thing or is that a social thing? But but sometimes that's the sort of thing that can frustrate me. Uh, so I, who? Probably <laughs> probably you with 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 regards to that. Like who, who's you? Arthur. Uh, <laughs> like, so, but but I, I don't know if it's podcast stuff. And, and again, it's it's not like trigger, but um, you know, because Arthur and I, his two kids are the same age as my two oldest kids. And, uh, and sometimes sometimes you talk about parenting like you know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> no, I talk about parenting like here's what the fuck we're doing and here's why. It, again, it sounds like you know what you're doing. And, and, uh, and, 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 but but I, I love it though because because I feel like I'm learning and, and we're growing and we're figuring shit out together. But, but sometimes I'll have conversations like that's cool, man, and I'm taking notes, and I'm listening, and I'm figuring out my own kids and their shit, but... Yeah, I'm not writing that book until I'm, like, 80. <laughs> exactly. And it's either going to be, like, the memoirs of a fucked-up parent. Yeah, 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 exactly. Here's what I did, and I did it with... It, and that's what actually annoys a lot of people about me, is that I exude confidence in shit I don't have confidence in, but I'll just present it like I do. Right. Yeah. I do that with some things, not all things, but but some things I, I will. And, and I, again, I think that's that opining with conviction that yeah. kind of... Uh, but 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 where that that's a particular topic though is because parenting is a parent you feel vulnerable or you feel like <laughs> you were all um, triggered when I when I told you you don't need to filter your kids' cell phones. I don't know if I was triggered, but I was more like, okay. <laughs> yeah. John doesn't like being told when he was triggered. So that's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm noticing. Uh, um, so the first thing that comes to my mind whenever you say that you don't need to filter your kids' cell phones is uh, this girl that I went on a date with last weekend. She, we were talking today, and so her oldest was suspended from school for two days for having sex in the bathroom at their school. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I automatically go from not filtering your kid's cell phone to knocking up some girl in school. <laughs> right? Like it's like, well, if you don't filter your kid's cell phone, then fuck, they're just gonna, you know, get yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Well, arguably, like you've engineered a bridge that is a little unstable. There, sure. You could make the case that he was doing that because his cell phone was filtered, and if he just had access to some Pornhub, he'd just be jerking off. He would just be masturbating, and he wouldn't have to like do that in the bath. I don't know. I think that I don't know, but between that, as as a guy whose kids are growing up now, when I started letting the the reins off, because I was a super controlling dad for a long time, it's part of my evangelical. Republican Christian phase. When I started to let go of that, I, I had a I I started developing. It was slow, but I started to develop a relationship with my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where they would start telling me stuff. Yeah, yeah. That your they kids would be become scared. your peers as they get older, right? I don't know about peers because I don't I don't think they're peers. Like I'm not your. I I, I would tell them that too because it's not it's not that I'm a I'm super Mister Authority figure, but I love you, but I'm not your buddy. Uh, you know, uh, in it. Oh, dude. I think it changes. Does that make sense? I think it changes. Well, in your 30s, I think, is when it started changing. One of the greatest joys of my life yeah, is being like, friends with my mom. Yeah, well, I can be friends with my, my kids now. But, I mean, when they were, when, they were when I was yeah. like, hey, I got to make fucking rules here. Oh, when they're teenagers. Yeah, 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 I got gotcha, you. Yeah, I got gotcha. yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so not now, but back then. But not having super control over their phones. But they, back then, I mean, they're, so, when they were... 
when they were teenagers, we had flip phones and shit, so it was different, yeah. you know. And and now today it's different. So I don't know, but but, but to say that when I let go of that shit, I, I had a better relationship with my kids, you know. And I, we could talk about stuff, and that's more important. So Tuesday night was one of the most precious nights in the in a long time in the Laramie family household. We got together probably like eight forty five or nine, just not purposeful at all. Like we're standing around in the kitchen, like Leah and I were about to sit down and go watch some TV together, and I'm pouring gin and tonics for us. <clears throat> And the kids come in and they're talking about their day and my 11-year-old has a boyfriend took a walk around a park with him like while his mom was walking around the park elsewhere and and she was, you know, dealing with the whole all gleeful, a boy likes me infatuation thing. she just come into her womanhood. Oh, nice. And uh, and we were, we were talking about some of the things that have been going on in the household and there was just a real openness and and just full transparency with my kids about what's going on in their lives because we talk about it and it yeah. gives me opportunity to speak into those things where instead of it being like a top down I'm an authority it's like my kids respect so the, the way I have authority is that they actually believe me. Mm, and I don't know how long yeah. that'll last. They're 11 and 13. You know, eventually maybe they'll grow up and, you know. But but right now they still have this. And it's because we haven't broken trust. It's not, it doesn't get down to you did something I don't want you to do and I punished you and now you're angry with me and you're not going to talk to me for a while. Kind of that whole paradigm thing. It's, it's yeah, you're growing up. These are all the things that are going to happen. This is how, this is how boys work. You know, here's here's who they are and what's going through their head, and here's how you can engage in that. And and we just talked into the night and laughed about ridiculous things, and it was fantastic. And we all ended up going to bed at like eleven. That's and we awesome. stood in the kitchen for hours. Yeah. Um, and that was because, you know, our 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 kids value their relationship with us, and it's sweet and beautiful, and they aren't afraid to talk about anything. Yeah. I had a similar thing, like, my, my oldest daughter is a total introvert, you know, she's awkward and, and introverted, and she, she's different, I mean, she's brilliant, but she's very inside herself, but, you know, she'll talk, and we draw her out sometimes, and had around the table with her and my oldest son, who's 11, and she's 13, and they're in their, in their PE unit, in their health unit, they're doing sex ed right now. And, you know, how was your day? And she's, well, you know, we learned about anal sex today. <laughs> oh, and, I, and I didn't even know that was a thing, you know, like, uh, like what? And, and I, you know, thank you, uh, public school system, for educating my daughter on anal sex, which is good. That's fine, you know. And, but so we, when you say you didn't know it was a thing, you mean on the curriculum, not like... No, she, know, she, my she daughter, know, my daughter's so, saying, like, yeah, like, yeah she, she didn't know, like, I heard about oral sex, but whoa, and like, yeah, you know, that's the thing. And we just had a really good, candid conversation, and I just love the fact that we could just do that, you know, at the at the dinner table, we're just talking about sex. We had a good conversation about uh, maybe like like pornography and how pornography has changed attitudes about sex, where certain things become more normalized. And it was just a really candid, honest conversation with my two oldest kids, and I, I love that kind of trust. And it was special for me, like my daughter felt safe, which is discussing that again is kind of like an introverted person that's not really 
that talkative, but she was coming out with, yeah, we learned about this today, and it was interesting or strange, and it was great. You know, that's the, that's the great part of, of parenting. That that's the funny thing about having daughters too. Is there's a lot of that in conservative Christian. What? what, like, what? Oh, I'm gonna kick his ass, or I've got a shotgun waiting when she yeah. shows up for a date. Yeah, oh yeah, luck. that makes good you luck. real fucking safe. Good luck with to that. Talk to. Good luck with that. You know, I, I remember. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> he's, he's, being careful. he's being careful. He's being careful. He's not hypersensitive. He's being careful. Russ is hypersensitive. No, I had an don't issue. lose your edge, Russ. Motherfucker! I've got shit to say. Damn. You bitch. <laughs> a beer. I'll take um, a beer. There was a guy. There was a, when I was a when I was a drug dealer in a crazy. <laughs> there was a guy who I took his daughter out. And I didn't really know his daughter that well, but uh, but but I was able to go on a date with her. I was probably seventeen at the time, and she was maybe sixteen. And and he and she goes, "Oh, my dad wants me home by 10. And I'm like, "Fuck, ten's not gonna work." We like we lived out in like Marysville. We were going into the city to see some fucking punk show at some club in in fucking Pioneer Square or something like that. And your dad wants you home by. Fucking ten, and so the main band won't even go on for an hour after that. Yeah, and not only that, but I'll just tell you where I was at at the time. I want to fuck this girl, seriously. Like that was part of my mo. So I want to go to the show. It's going to be late, and I want to fuck this girl before I take her home. So I, so I'm going up to the thing, thinking about this ten o'clock thing, and a Dad is working on an old '69 Nova, you know. Old Chevy muscle car, and I'm like, dude, you know. And I just got in there. We're talking about engine parts and stuff like that. And this car is fucking awesome. He goes, yeah, you know. And he goes, so you're taking out my daughter? I go, yeah, you know. I'm guy. I work hard. You know, I like to have cars like this. I'd love to have a car like this someday. And I'm just totally fucking Eddie Haskling this motherfucker, you know, right? And I go, hey man. I said we're going to see a friend of mine's band, and and I said, you know, your daughter's really cool, but having her home by ten is gonna be really tough. I said, can we maybe move that to midnight or one? And I said, seriously, dude, you know, I have all uh, utmost respect for your daughter. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm telling this guy this, you know. And we're all talking about cars and stuff, and he kind of pats me in the back. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'll talk to the wife about one. <laughs> and and I'm not man, proud you, of you this. Just, you just jack black that. Oh, like, fuck. Sometimes man. you just got to fuck her gently. <laughs> I, I fucked the shit out of that girl. I'm not proud of that, but that's part of my. That was just part of where I was You're at. Smiling, fucking. Right, you tell the no, story. no. But the not reason proud, I'm smiling. The reason I'm smiling is because what we're talking about right here. Because there's a lot of guys who don't have those kind of relationships with their daughters, and and they just they have to hide shit. And because you have to hide shit, that's what happens. Mm. Guys like I was come along, and they're just easy fucking prey because they don't tell them, they don't talk to their dads, they don't they don't have decent relationships, they don't ask about a guy who's probably dealing drugs and doesn't even fucking go to school. I had dropped out at that time, you know. So, so yeah, you know, I want to know, I want to know who my kids are seeing or dating or uh, without that that's worked out. <laughs> My life totally. I love. I love who my kids have dated. So just throwing that. I assume some level of. You want to try this? No, I'll have a sip. Sure. I. Uh, I have not answered the who. Yeah, yeah. Most yeah. And least. You go. 
Yeah, we don't really nobody's interested in that. Nobody really fucking cares. <laughs> no, I do. I, I, I care, I do. It, it was actually like a problematic question for me because when I think back, I don't have memory of people triggering me. I have memory of topics. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I would say the, the two topics that triggered me the most, and it's because sometimes we like spiral into them, is talking about Driscoll. <laughs> and talking about AC3. <laughs> oh my god, let me talk to you about Driscoll. I just had a trigger. Who's <laughs> Mark Driscoll? <laughs> it's a I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and part of me is like, okay, yeah, I get like those, that experience at, at Mars Hill was like a big deal in like all of your past. Clearly, because it comes up so often. Right? Does it come up that often? Yeah. I'm not even conscious uh, of that. It's not just you. I, I don't like. I don't feel like I bring it up per se. Maybe I do. I, uh, and that's why. I see, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I don't remember who actually fine. brings it up. I just get to a point where we're talking about this, and it continues, and it like a lot of times derails whatever the topic is for the episode, and I, I get triggered. Like, why are we talking about this again? So you get triggered by our triggers. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, You're getting triggered by our triggers. That's what it is. Since we're not going to bring up Mark Driscoll. I do have a question for you, John, though. So, oh, sure. <clears throat> if someone's talking, it's understood that it's just their opinion. Well, with the exception of, like, science, but but yeah. Okay. So, why does Mark Driscoll or pastors trigger you so much? Uh, because I have issues. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they counted it, and this is the truth. Yeah. This is gospel. This is... They, they don't... That's not their opinion. It's God's opinion. Yeah. And I think that's why that very thing might trigger me or Derek or, you know, when people speak with authority, when it's opinion. Uh, that's one big reason. Um, Driscoll, okay, well, I, Dr- Driscoll's a little more complicated oh, for me because... <laughs> because... Trigger the fucking song! God damn it! The answer is you are. You can't yeah. But see, that's that's what we were talking about earlier. Is is what? And I interrupted. Fuck. <laughs> Driscoll's a little more complicated because I don't feel like, and I, I think you know these two guys are two of my closest friends. There, I, I think they could both vouch that I never really fully bought into it. I, I like the people. I like the community. Uh, <laughs> Me and Derek I, were drinking the Kool Aid. I, I, I never really. I I, I always I always kind of struggled with I it. You were making the Kool Aid. I always I, I kind of struggled with it <laughs> on Sundays, and and that's the thing you have to understand. This this thing that happened, this this cultural thing mm-hmm. for a lot of Christians in the Pacific Northwest and actually other places is there, there's like different forms of it that happen. And you have this thing on Sunday where this corporate top-down thing, this guy's talking with his vein in his neck and he's pissed. And, and, and I, enormous screen. And I hated it. Like, like there were so many Three Sundays. Three enormous screens. There were so many Sundays I, I absolutely hated it. But I loved it on like a Monday when I got to go to my community group and see people I cared about. I, I loved it. When I, you know, would meet with my uh, uh, men's group, or th- there were there were good things that happened there, at kind of that smaller organic level. But then there's this top down thing that kind of crushed it, yeah. and it, it was yeah. difficult. And uh, it, it was a system, and it was it, I found myself there kind of accidentally and got sucked into it, and and uh, yeah, it 
uh, okay, but, but to answer like, like, like the larger question, it's because I'm working out questions of my own faith and my own history and things I believe that I no longer do. Or things, I mean, you know, because you talked about your processes and things that you're working through with regards to your mental health or, or your well-being, is oftentimes there's things that you're trying to detox from that maybe on a cognitive level you no longer believe but you still hold on to it, yes. like like somewhere uh, in your heart or whatever metaphor you want to use. It, there's still something in you. Like before we started recording, we were talking about superstitions, which would be a great topic to address. Future topic. Yeah, another future right. topic. But it is that like, you know, I, I wouldn't tell you I think this in my head, but there's something in my subconscious that still holds on to this thing of judgment or or... Calvinism or this dickhead dish God or um, what ifs what ifs or God's watching or, or, or guilt and, and so that's the sort of thing that I've let go of on a cognitive level that I'm trying to let go of on a subconscious level and so therefore it, it, it will trigger me oftentimes uh, to answer your question <laughs> uh, in a roundabout way okay that's Chuck yes you got two left but you didn't go yet. I so did go. I was going to say who you're. Yeah, I said. Shut up, Arthur's trying to talk. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to go back to though. I, I did want to say that when I, I do think it. about being triggered by someone, it, it used to be Steve, and it was probably because of two things. One is that it was topically his his you know evangelical bent rubbed me the wrong way early on. Um, and two, I didn't, I didn't know Steve. Mm. Right. Yeah, uh, and 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 I got to know Steve slower than I got to know anybody else here. And so, as that, going back to what I was saying earlier, as that relationship built, where he spoke from, and me understanding it and knowing it changed the way I heard what he says. And gotcha. And that's just that's the power of relationship. That's yeah. It it assists in communication. <clears throat> yeah. There was a few weeks there where like four of you were going to the same church and I feel like it came up every week. Like, oh God, are you guys going to fucking talk about your church again? I mean, Jesus. You know, like, it's, like I, I definitely had some, have that some weeks. that after church talk after church talk. Because you guys always went to that there after was, church talk. Then we have another one on Thursday. There was cool things that were being, I don't know, triggered. But see, that's, that's going back to the Mars Hill thing too. For me, I like what Jeff Becker said about feeling duped. Like, I felt duped. I felt like I got scammed by Mars Hill yeah, because this guy had all this authority. You and did he was get just scammed. All, behind the scenes, it was just bullshit. Like, he didn't really believe that shit. You know? And that pissed me off. And, and AC3 was the first real church that I connected with. Oh, no. We are talking about churches again. I know. Well, it's not just church, it's Shut relationship. I'll bring it back to relationship. <laughs> Because that's where about, you talked about giving too. I almost feel bad about not giving because that was the that place. I was about ready to kill myself when I met those folks, and those guys were able to to not talk me down from the ledge. I don't know. Behind the scenes, I was Mister Everything's Fine on the surface. It's like that that song by My Chemical Romance. I'm okay. I promise. I, I was that guy. I was so good at being I'm okay. I promise up here on the surface. And underneath, it was just rot. Hey, did you know that if you uh, play My Chemical Romance really loud in your backyard, the grass will cut itself? (laughs) (laughs) 
That's a fact. <laughs> I thought that was an emo thing. Yeah, yeah. My chemical romance is very emo. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I went uh, through <laughs> that. That that died. Emo died. I went through emo weeks. Kind of I, I feel like I. I feel like I, I. I've worked through it a bit, but I would go through weeks where, I, I would think to myself like, why don't you guys fucking get over it? Like I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Like get over what? Uh, going to. An evangelical church. church, yeah. Like I just like to just get over it. Like what? Why the fuck are you going? Here's some guy talk for half an hour about his view of the Bible, and here's some band play some music that varies in quality, and then you go home. <laughs> like, I, I don't like. What do you get out of that? And I and I it, serotonin. <laughs> if, hey, if that gives you serotonin, that's awesome. Maybe I should go back because I could use some serotonin some days. But but yeah, I'll give you cortisol. Why do you why do you go to church? <laughs> give me cortisol? Give me cortisol. Make me super dark crazy. Why do you go to your church? Because um, okay, serotonin. Dopamine. Dopamine. Adrenaline. Because. Despite my efforts to not be, I, I, I still find myself identifying as a Christian, and and that's and I'm, I'm making peace with that, and that's fine. Like I, I you know, I have this thing. Like uh, I've talked about it before. It's like it, it just doesn't evade me. Like I, the, the Jesus thing still really resonates with me on some level, not wholly, but on some level it does. I found that the for, this is like for myself. I think the only reason to go to church is. To encounter God, and I choose to go to a church that has a certain transcendence for me, and that's and Dirk and I've had some really great candid conversations. He's one of my good friends, and we've hashed some things out over the years. and And it's like you know, I've realized that for some people, that the church you go to holds you, and it has transcendence for you. And who am I to say that it doesn't? You know, and and I actually I sincerely mean that. I feel like I could I would have said that a year ago, and I wouldn't have sincerely meant it. But right now, where I sit, I sincerely mean it. If it holds you and it has some meaning and some transcendent for you, that's a, that's great. I mean, have it. And and who's to say that where I'm at won't at some point like lose where it has me? It, it might. You know, I, I don't. I think know, you but. still struggle with some of the dogma and agenda, like like we, you know, Derek and Chuck <laughs> and I struggle with some of the dogma and agenda there. But he's talking about on the personal level for why you go. Yeah, not yeah. not where you go or what you. Here when you're there, he's talking about what it means to you. What does it mean yeah. to you? Why Why do you get up on a Sunday on a weekend day and, and go? I go for two reasons. <clears throat> the first is my children. The, <sighs> yeah. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they need to learn about God. It's just a different community that they go to that they're not used to. It's somebody completely different. I mean, it's they go to public school. They live in a house where they have two moms, and the. The shit that they're exposed to on a everyday level is A, and then I take them to church, and they're exposed to something that's just completely opposite. Sure, they learn about God, and they probably do a better job than I would teaching them, except for the fact that I teach them now, which is really weird. <clears throat> the other, though, is just relationships. I like a lot of the people that I go to church with. Yeah. I mean, it's could I not go for a while? Sure. I'm going to go, though. Because, well, I like a lot of the people that I go to church with. It's just a really convenient way to do communal stuff, too. Yeah. 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 Like, I want to have dinner with a group of people. I don't have to work very hard to do that. Well, right? should I? Like, I want to go do, you know, like, 
the you know AC three's got this garden thing, which I think is super cool, and Misha's really into. Uh, Misha really likes drama. They do a lot of drama. Mm -hmm. Like that's an opportunity for like yeah. It just yeah, makes the arts is something to that. Really easy. Especially like I went on vacation for a week and paid almost nothing for it. So. Right. Where, yeah. I, where I grew up in, in the Midwest in a town of 10,000 people where they still put a nativity up on the public town square and didn't get sued for it. <laughs> I was involved with friends in high school in three different youth groups. It was super youth group convenient. Was great. It, it, was, it was literally just what, how the town ran kids' activities all week long. And so we all just went to the things we wanted to go to that any given church that in our group happened to do. And so I was friends with people who didn't go to my church, so I got to go do other stuff besides what my church did. Yeah. Yeah. See, I feel my like youth group was really good. I feel like I was really damaged by youth group. I think it was good for me at the time, but in retrospect, I think... That, I was super damaged. I think that did a lot of damage for me in youth group. Like, I would... I mean... My kids going to youth group. There's no fucking way. I'd rather you go to like a like like go to a rave and do ecstasy, but don't go to youth group. <laughs> Tell me how you feel about Wano. No, YWAM. Young life. I was not <clears throat> damaged by youth group, but there was a lot of the kids in my youth group that were damaged. Really, especially a lot of the girls in the youth mm. group ended up in some pretty rough places. How how did you avoid the damage? Why didn't it get you? How are you fixing it? The same it? way I did with Mars Hill. Like Mars Hill damaged you. Yeah, but like but not like it didn't like fuck me up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? He still goes to Mars Hill Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Mars Hill Jr. <laughs> no. uh, it's different. Um, no it's not. <laughs> so I was talking I, I was it's fucking talking. Don't interrupt him. <laughs> Don't interrupt Derek! God damn it! Uh, why would tell him Russ? Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I just, just I just bought into a certain point and wasn't going to go any further. Gotcha. And uh, yeah. Well, in in like so, Arthur and I historically, you know, we know each other from the church we used to go to, and I went. That church was so fucked up. I went to Mars Hill, like you know, to get some rest. I'm not even joking. Like I'm really not. It, it sounds awful, but it, it's actually true. And I think that Mars. I, I was really that church fucked me up. Mars Hill did in, in some ways, um, just because I saw people I care about really get hurt and just stuff around me. And I, I kind of have this thing where I, I think in, I, I had influence in my circles and I kind of felt protective. Like I wanted to protect people from the bullshit a little bit. So I might have take I, I probably took things on more than I needed to. And I probably internalized things more than I needed to. But the long, the long and short of it is I don't think I healed from some of that shit that went down before I was at Mars Hill yeah. because I, Mars Hill was kind of my detour and I never really got healing from stuff I needed to heal from prior to Mars Hill. So I think that it exacerbated some things. It wasn't like the cause of it, but it, it probably exacerbated it and, and definitely prolonged healing I might have otherwise had had I been in a healthier place. So Chuck's penultimate trigger man I'm hoping I'm turning the fuck at you because I'm trying to get up. So <laughs> I'm not happy with three. Can I get up to two? Yeah. So well, that's so there isn't. It's you're all trying to. So Russ yeah. triggers me differently than you and John do. Okay. <laughs> Russ is more of a get over it. Like just wait. Fucking try to remember, write it down or some damn thing. Like the interrupting, and it's whatever. It's who you are. 
<clears throat> You're an interrupter. Yeah, he's just going to be the interrupter. I'm the interrupter. Um, That's who you are. <laughs> and I was telling, a punk I was telling you call. this, John. Probably a punk band called the Interrupters. Was it after? I think it was. Yeah, it was our sidebar conversation uh-huh. last week. It's more of a you. It sounds like you're spewing some fact, and I just don't have enough information to just be like that's bullshit. Right. But you want that information. But I wish I had it. <laughs> just be like, listen, like Derek, you're full of shit. You don't know what you're talking about. You can and do that without why. having information. <laughs> I don't know why. Just kind of think. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No, because now I'm full of shit. Um, yeah. Politicians. Shit bath together. Yeah, I'd be like a Republican. <laughs> or a Democrat. All of them. Yeah. Or not. Or either. Well, yeah, so it's. I would say that there's a three way tie. So it's even worse, actually. Because you, you have to share a place now. You know what triggers me? Indecisive three ways ties. <laughs> <laughs> Subjective ones. Um, of course, to be fair, I split Arthur and, and Russ with my. Well, I think it's interesting no one mentioned you. I like hypocrites. That's because I'm just awesome. <laughs> right? You are awesome. You are awesome. You are awesome. It's, it's cool, though, too, because shit was different last year with me. I mean, mm-hmm. I was in a fucked up place. Mm-hmm. You know, just emotionally, mentally, just off in my own fucking world. I mean, hell, you listen to the first five episodes and don't even fucking talk. I mean, you guys, everybody triggered me. <laughs> like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, yeah, right? It's like, why the fuck am I here? These are a bunch of fucking weirdos. And now it's just like, oh shit, like this is actually entertaining. Now and you're a weirdo. It, yeah. 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 Join the club. Yeah. Join, Join the, the club. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The sitting in your old till May, by the way. What? In May, it'll be a year old. Oh. Yeah. Early May. Just so when like, feels like, like I for... said, it's a year old. Getting good. Rounding up. We're getting close. We're rounding up. Rock. <laughs> we weren't freezing our asses off when we started this. It's not like this episode's gonna, you know, be posted tomorrow. No, it'll be a or few, few weeks. Deep. Oh, you're right. So hey, fuck see you. That? It's been a year. Exactly. <laughs> it's been a year. It's fucking <laughs> April now. By the time you listen, probably be, by the time you're hearing this, Trump will have been impeached. Probably. No. So no. Triggers, are, triggers are interesting things. Um, I think they. They can foster good conversation and they can drive relationships forward when they're overcome. Yeah, and and they're a really good sign as pointing you in the direction where you probably need some healing, mm-hmm. where you probably need to let something go, mm-hmm. or where you could use even just more education and understanding of of how people you can care about can have. A completely different view than you, mm-hmm. and if you and if and if you don't know them, then maybe and you don't know anybody that has a different view than you that you, that triggers you, then you probably should get to know some people who hold that view, so you can really understand. Because you can only understand someone's view when you understand who they are and, and, and their story. Yeah, that's a great place to land the plane. Yes, because hey, no, <laughs> land it. <laughs> no wait r- really no, quick landing. no really landing. quick really quick we don't do when you when you We're surround yourself trigger. when you surround yourself with a bunch of motherfuckers who agree with you which I used to do as an evangelical Christian guy you just you, you, it gets boring real quick you know those those relationships don't last that's why your Bible study breaks up in six months is because everyone just agrees with everyone no one talks about anything of substance. That reminds me of something. <laughs> okay. We bounced off the runway. Came in real smooth. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's good. Thank you for listening to Punkology. Let's listen now to a commercial for McPeter's Funeral Parlor. And friends, your loved ones can receive no finer care than that offered by McFuneral's Peter Parlor. That's a huge bitch! Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe, like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound. Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't chicken out! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. This disc contains CD-ROM data and is not for audio use. Please press stop on your disc player now.